Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Ginny and Georgia, season two. I have Tommy here with me today. Hi, Tommy. How are you? Hi, Diana. I'm so excited to have this conversation. This shows it's been really fun and interesting to watch, so I'm excited to debrief with you. I am too. I love it. I love that it has to do with a mother and daughter, which got me thinking about our question of the day, which is, what is one of your favorite mother-daughter movies? Hmm. So what do you think? I'm thinking Steel Magnolias. That movie, there's so many great actresses in that film, and the relationships are really rich. Just, I, I really enjoyed that movie. I love that movie, too. I I had that in the back of my head. I also thought about Terms of Endearment, which is really, oh, both those movies are so emotional. Freaky Friday is kind of a fun one. That's a comedy. But for me, what came to mind was Joy Luck Club, which I haven't seen in a while, but I just really, that movie just stays with me for some reason. I just was really impacted by it. It just has these mother and daughter dynamics, cultural and generational issues, and but there's still that bond of mother and daughter. So it, I just thought it was such a good movie. And I know I haven't seen it in so long, but it makes me want to go revisit it now. I also love Mamma Mia because I just love musicals and I love all the music. I love ABBA. I was an ABBA fan. I'm still an ABBA fan. So I just love that one too. Oh, so many good mother-daughter movies out there. All right, friends out there, let us know what you think. What is one of your favorite mother-daughter movies? You can reach out to us at Screens in Focus on Twitter or Instagram, or email me at screensinfocus at gmail.com because I want to know what your favorite mother-daughter movie is. The links are in our show notes. Okay, so we are going to dig into season two of Ginny and Georgia, but I wanted to do a brief recap of season one. So in season one, we are introduced to Georgia, a free-spirited single mom who moves with her two kids, Ginny and Austin, to a New England town following her husband's sudden death. The show follows how Georgia is hired at the mayor's office, and Ginny has to navigate a new school and friendships. And we also see flashbacks of Georgia and what she has gone through to raise her kids. At the finale of season one, we see that Ginny becomes aware of what Georgia has done, and she takes off with Austin on that motorcycle of Marcus's. So kind of left us hanging, was like, where's she going? Who's she going with? And so I would love to know from you, what made you first tune into Ginny and Georgia? And then what made you stay? Yeah, I, I'm always drawn to stories about relationships. That's always going to pull me in. I'm always wanting to find out where is it going to go and, and what are their lives about. Um, and their life situation is so different from mine. And I felt really, really intrigued to learn about their experiences. I loved the way they used flashbacks to, to see what was her experience as a young girl having a, a child at that age, at the age of 15. And um, so I just really wanted to see where it was going. And then I started to really care about them. <laughs> yeah. I cared about them a lot and I wanted to spend time with them and I wanted to see 
you know, what was their past and where were they going? And I just felt like it was um, very genuine and even relatable sometimes, even though their life circumstances were so different from mine. There were sort of these universal themes that, you know, of, of being a parent and wanting to protect your children and, and that sort of a thing. Um, and also some of the situations that were very intense and painful, and sometimes that can make it hard for me to stay with the show, but they kind of balanced it with humor. And so yeah. I, I felt like it is it, when it got to a place where maybe it was almost going to be too hard to watch, it kind of got resolved or it lightened up. And so it made it where I could tolerate it more and stay with it and get to enjoy the parts I wanted to see. I also like that, you know, the it could have easily gone into a like really forced or stereotypical type of a situation, you know, where you could have said, oh, you know, they're being, you know, they're just being campy or whatever. But right. it, it still, it stayed within like where you still felt connected and cared about them. You know, it didn't feel me, it didn't feel like it jumped into that. And, um, and so I like that. I just felt like it was a really good balance of humor and emotion and the writing and the acting it's good. I just cared about everybody. So made me stick around. Yeah, I totally agree with so much of what you just said. I think when I initially tuned in, it was because it was a mother and daughter. I knew it was this young, free-spirited mom. And I really liked that she had this biracial daughter. So I thought that that was going to be a really interesting story. And then that she had this son. I just really enjoyed watching their dynamic and also seeing each of their own separate lives and how they dealt with things. And also, like you said, the flashbacks, that just means so much to me. I love flashbacks. I feel like it just fills in so much of the story. And also that it was relatable being a parent and being able to understand how Georgia was feeling and parenting. And there were so many times I thought, oh my God, she's driving me crazy. She's so wrong. She's so annoying. But then she does something because she's a parent, because she's protecting her kids. And then you, I don't know, you can't really falter for it sometimes. And then like you said, it brings in this uh, comedic element, which helps the situation because Georgia ends up killing people. And you're like, okay, <laughs> it's not somebody I would be friends with if this really happened. But she always does it because either she's being abused, harm, or her children are being abused or harmed. So it's just, uh, yeah, it, it really did suck me in. So I was there for the ride too. And also, because it has these other themes that it deals with, self-harm and mental health and just all these other underlying issues, which I think it's great to introduce into a show like this. And it's not really heavy handed because it is a comedy. Okay, we'll start with episode one of season two, and then we'll talk about the relationships, and then we'll head into the finale. And then what we hope to see, we can only assume there's going to be a season three. So let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Okay, season two, episode one. It's Thanksgiving, and we see that Ginny and Austin are living with Zion, and his family comes over for Thanksgiving, and they gossip about Georgia, which Ginny overhears. Meanwhile, Georgia is missing her kids as she celebrates with Paul's family. So what did you think of episode one and how it set it up? 
It was such an interesting episode because there were so many storylines going on. There was just a lot going on. And it felt like they were sort of trying to touch on all the different areas that they were going to be covering during the season and just setting us up for it, you know, bringing in the characters more. And, you know, then they took the season to just expand on all of it. And you already kind of had that foundation from the first episode. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, that it was really interesting how they used the theme of Thanksgiving to take us through all the different storylines with different characters. And so you had the two main dinners, right, with Zion's family and Paul's family. I thought it was really interesting that they were showing how the differences between the two families, but also the similarities. So, you know, they might be having a conversation about something completely different. In Zion's family, they were... (laughs) you know, talking to Ginny about that store, Jack and Jill, and, you know, which she didn't know what it was. And, you know, and then they had the conversation going on in Paul's family, you know, and and a whole different type of dynamic going on, obviously. Uh, And I loved how they did the green beans. I don't know if you remember the scene with the green beans. Oh, yes, I do. I (laughs) I do. One family, they're like, (laughs) you know, this is how you make green beans. And you wouldn't do that horrible soup casserole thing. And then they flash over to Paul's family and she's like, can you pass the green bean casserole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so funny. But, uh, you know, and then they also, those were the two key ones, but then they took us through the neighbors, you know, with Maxine and Marcus's family and, and what was it like in their house and brought a little bit in of, you know, what was going on with him. He was asking Maxine about, uh, you know, have you talked to Jenny? And she's of course, furious beyond fury. I don't know. She's yeah. so mm-hmm. about that whole thing. Uh, didn't even want to talk about it. And, uh, and then you even got to see Cynthia go into Joe's restaurant and you oh, can yeah. see that she's starting to sort of wear down because her husband is so ill and a little bit of that, a little bit of that dynamic between Joe and Cynthia starts. So they, they just took Thanksgiving and they wove it through everything. And they had even had, um, Georgia go in and and see them and speak to Joe and do a little bit of a flirtation there because of course we're going to continue that relationship a little bit so I thought it it was really interesting how they really carried that through I feel like listening to you I was being taken through that whole episode again I'm thinking I want to go watch it again because it was fun I did really like that Ginny and Austin went to Zion. I didn't know that that's where they were going. I don't know where I thought she would go, but it's the perfect place. It was really nice to see his support for Ginny and Austin. And I love how he and his parents treat Austin. It's like they're a family. They don't treat him as an, oh, that's the other child. No, they just treat him like he's one of theirs, which I really appreciated that. I just thought his family was very accepting of um, everybody except for George, because <laughs> they thought he could have done better. That was yeah. the common theme in both of the dinners was that neither one approved of Georgia for their son. Aww, that was the common I theme. I know. Yeah. And so at Paul's house, they're enjoying their Thanksgiving there. And you can quickly tell that they're not accepting of Georgia. And as they're leaving, or as Paul is leaving, they tell him, you know, this is not the girl type of girl you marry. And of course, she overhears it and overhears, I think, the mother saying, you know, how is it that a mother is not with her children at Thanksgiving? And of course, she wants to be with her kids at Thanksgiving. It's just that they took off. So I really felt for her in that moment. Then, of course, she calls Zion to say, 
am I a bad mother? Can you bring my kids? You know, can you get them here? And Ginny doesn't want to go back at all because she's still dealing with everything that she has found out about her mom. I think, was that the part where she thinks back about what that PI told her, that private investigator, and then she starts self-harming herself at Zion's house? I don't remember her doing the flashback, but I do remember that this is where she starts to get really upset about the fact that she is self-harming and really feels like she needs help. And she confides confides in Zion, which, you know, he, he handled it so well. And he really he said, let me help he you. Did. Let's get you to therapy. And, you know, and of course, Georgia is so like, nobody needs therapy. Who does therapy? <laughs> you know, she just, yeah. she's so against it. So Ginny knows like that it might not be ideal to tell her mother that her reaction might not be helpful. And she begs her dad not to tell her, uh, puts him in a really hard situation because he's probably really torn. Like, I know I should be sharing this with, with Georgia, yes, but I want to honor Jenny's request. Um, but remember when that fell apart was when he brought them home for yeah. fry <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jenny was not happy about being there. And that's when she said, well, I want to live with dad. She said she wanted to live with him. Uh, Georgia said, no way. And that's when Zion was going to start to tell her about why, what was going on and that sort of thing. And, right. and Jenny said, fine, forget it. I'll just stay here. You know, like she right. just gave in because she didn't want that disclosed in any way, shape or form to her mother. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That was a tough yeah. one. That was a tough spot. It really it was. totally was. I was feeling for Zion. I just think he's been a really good parent. I really do. Other than the fact I that he thought, was not around for most of her childhood. <laughs> I know, but I feel he's a like good he's guy. really trying to... Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good guy. I think he's trying to make up for it. Yeah. Being present for her now. And for her to confide in him and tell him everything he has, she must feel safe with him. Yeah. Which I really appreciate that, too. Yeah, I just thought that that was really good yeah. to learn more about Zion, too. We also see Max and how she's handling her friendship with Ginny. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, you need to get over it. Okay, yes, I can understand here you're upset. But this went on for for several episodes. Yeah. <sighs> she was so mean. I thought it was over the top. I was like, this is not how you treat your friends at all. And just for dating your brother or sleeping with your brother. But I just thought she was outright mean. And also to Abby. To Abby. Right. And when Abby came over with the pizza bagels and was like, you know, at that point, you'd think Maxine had, Max would have had a time to, to, a chance to decompress and to kind of cool down a little bit. And she sees her friend really trying to come back into her life. And I, of all the different characters, I mean, I really like Max, um, but yeah, I think she's too. the one that, even though Georgia's very over the top so much of the time, I feel like, like <laughs> Max, like that particular, um, issue. She definitely dragged it out. It dragged it out. It was, I think her reaction was so over the top. And then she carried it on, just like you said, carried it on forever. Um, it was, it was, a that piece I would say was a bit much for me. You know, as you and I were talking about it right now, I thought to myself, well, isn't that kind of what teens can do sometimes? Things become really dramatic and you get caught up in that. And so maybe that's what was happening. But we're like, wow, ah, we got to be rational and practical and be a good friend. This is what you have to do. They probably were trying to pull in that teen element and how teens get so dramatic and get really upset about things. And she is she is a dramatic person anyway. So it 
you know, maybe they felt that was kind of par for the course for someone like her, but it was really mean and really, um, like I said, it just felt like it felt like it went on and on and on. It felt much bigger than it wasn't like she, you know, took her boyfriend and went off with him or something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. I agree. All right, Tommy, let's talk about Ginny and Georgia and their relationship as mother and daughter. Are there any moments that stick out to you? Oh my gosh, their relationship is so interesting. And it's funny when I think about them, I always think about their dance parties. Isn't that funny? I think about how Uh, Georgia, I mean, even though you think of a dance party as a fun thing, she made it, she tried to make it fun, but she usually would do it when things were really hard and horrible. So those dance parties kind of embody how intensely dramatic and scary and, and hard their life was, particularly for Georgia, who knew everything that was happening. Um, and at the same time, kind of how she tried to keep it light and hide everything from them and always had some way of making it fun, you know, like, Again, I, we can't, I, I have to work on Thanksgiving because it's time and a half, but we're going to do Friday and that's so much more fun than Thanksgiving. We're going to fry every, deep fry everything. Yeah. Or, you know, I remember she was telling uh, someone that she was homeless for a while. I think her therapist, when she started to go to therapy. Yeah. And she's like, well, mom called it camping, you know, so she made it, she pretended it was something that they, they she wanted to do and that it was fun. And so they never got the full impact of, um, what was really going on a lot of the time. And I feel like the dance parties kind of embody that in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, um, but you know, Georgia had Ginny at such a young age. I mean, they're only 15 years apart. And so she was a little girl trying to be a mom. And man, I mean, she, and she didn't have any mother, you know, good mother figures in her life. So she's trying to be a good mom, not having any role models really about what that is. And having been abused herself. And so I know she does a lot of crazy things and she <laughs> dismisses all emotions and all of that, but yeah. it was her way of surviving, you know? Um, but I think that, you know, they become, they do become very close. And that's, that's, you know, that whole, it's you and me against the world. It's us against the world. And, yeah. and I think that was really powerful for them for so many years. But then now she's a teenager. And she's going through all the typical teenager things where they pull away from the mother. Right. You know, and Georgia doesn't know really about any of these developmental milestones, right? Because she was 15 when she became a mom and didn't even have a mother to go through it with. They're focusing in on a time of life where we're getting in the flashbacks. We get to see how close they were. And even in their current day, they have those moments. But it's also how hard it is for Georgia to suddenly handle the fact that her daughter is not just, you know, idolizing her and wanting to be with her all the time. And so you see them kind of going through, through that stage. It's really interesting. It is. Sometimes they can be a bit much, each of them in their own right, because Ginny can be very angsty and Georgia comes off as self-centered and manipulative, but She's also very protective and uses what she has in order to survive. Like you said, she did not have any role models. She just had to do it on her own, what was innately in her. So kind of didn't think about that previously. So she's, you know, done what she can, how she knows how to survive. And I feel like we don't really know her whole history yet. 
We only see little inklings as it goes on and shows us flashbacks. So I feel like there's still a lot more we can learn and that I'm hoping that we will. I wonder how many, you know, seasons we're going to get with the show, but I do hope we get more because I think there is more to examine, especially with Georgia's past. I, and it's because she felt unloved and unprotected. And so now Georgia's trying to just make her kids' lives better better than hers. I mean, she says this several times, you know, I want you to have everything that I didn't have. And I don't want you to have to have any of these horrible experiences that I had. You know, she definitely is doing in her mind, everything. That's why she always says everything I do is for you. In her mind, she is always looking through the lens of, I never want you to be hurt the way I was hurt. And I'm going to protect you like no one protected me. And I want to make sure that you have every opportunity that I never had. And so every choice she makes, and that's why when Ginny now is a teenager and giving her attitude, which like you said, a lot of angsty attitude, um, she's just, how dare you? Do you have any idea what I did for you and how I've sacrificed everything for you, which is true. But at the same time, she also made Ginny's life very difficult. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Because there's what is it? There's two sides to two sides to every story. Two sides to a coin. Uh, yeah. 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 So as you were talking, there was a couple things going through my mind. One was that, you know, a parent does the best that they can to try and protect their child. And one that's great. But if you do that, sometimes your child isn't able to learn how to be resourceful on their own, because they have to learn their own way, which is what is happening with Ginny. She's learning things her own way. She's having experiences that her mother will never know. Even though Georgia wants to protect her kids, there's only so much protection she can give her child. And also, I think generationally, things are different, because even I notice that in my real life. I have done things for my kids, which I think were the best things, right? Because you learn from your parents and you're thinking, okay, I want to do those things that you appreciated, but then you want to change the things that maybe you think could be different. But then they're a different generation. So they don't always appreciate the things that you think that are the best because it's just a different time and different things happen. So really all a parent can do is do their best, but it's never, it's never going to be perfect, especially in that child's eyes, because there's always something that they're experiencing that is different than the other person experienced. So, oh. <laughs> isn't that the truth? It's not easy to be a parent. No, it's really it's not. not. <laughs> and then her life circumstances are so extreme. We're talking about protecting yeah. our kids from maybe making a bad decision about college or, you know, going out with the wrong friends or, you know, things that are important. Yeah. But For her, it's like, I want to try to keep them alive. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's just, you know, I don't want to lose them. I don't want to go to jail and, you know, um, just... I don't want them to experience abuse. Yes, exactly. So I thought there was a few pivotal moments throughout with them. And there was a few that stuck out to me. It was in the car. I don't know if it was episode four. I think when Ginny brings up Mary, her, uh, her real name... And she goes into the car and that's when Ginny goes to Marcus's and comes back. She sees her mom in the car and they sit down and she says, mom, I just want the truth. 
which is hard because the truth is not easy to tell when you've done really terrible things. So I think it was really hard for Georgia to say some of the things she did. But I think at the same time, she kind of had to because her daughter already knew some of it. So, but it's kind of, it's a hard balance because now Ginny knows things and why her mother did it. And her mother did it to protect her. So then that lays a burden on Ginny of my mom did this to protect me. And so now she feels like maybe it could be her fault. So I thought, but I just thought that that was a really pivotal moment for the both of them. I also thought that when Georgia learned about Ginny's self-harm after reading her diary, or not her diary, her her journal from the therapist that she received from her therapist, oh my gosh, that scene was just very emotional. And I think Georgia finally realized a little bit of what Ginny was going through. Of course, she's not going to really know because even Ginny doesn't know what she's experiencing. That's why she's going to therapy to figure it out. But oh man, that was just so heartbreaking watching them. And I also think the therapy session where Georgia goes with her because of after learning this, she wants to find out more about it. And I thought that that was a pivotal moment for them because the therapist tells Georgia, this isn't about you because Georgia kept defending herself. And so Ginny was explaining, and I thought Ginny at that point did a mature job of explaining because previously I felt like, yeah, she was just kind of being that angsty teen. And here I thought she was being more mature about, no, mom, this is how I feel. This is what my experience is. So I thought that was a really good moment for them. Well, just I just want to comment about the therapy session because I think that she felt... um you could like, she felt safer because she was there with someone else and that she could say what she needed to say. It wasn't just the two of them and it wasn't as intimidating um, and more empowered to kind of, and she had practiced a little bit with the therapist sorting through some of her thoughts as well. And so um, go ahead. I want to hear what else you're thinking. (laughs) No, that's good. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Also when Ginny stops Georgia from planting the things in the teacher's desk due to his racist behavior, because that's what Georgia always does, right? She always just takes care of things. You see other things happen in the other episodes too, where you realize she's planting these different things or stealing things and planting them and blaming them on other people, which you realize afterwards that she's the one who did that. But Ginny was able to stop her mother because Ginny wanted to handle it on her own which I thought it was great that Georgia stopped and she was able to get her take the, you know, magazines and the alcohol out with her. Yeah, she's so funny because she just does it. Like, she'll just go. It doesn't think twice about it. It's like, oh, they did something bad. We're going to take care of them. You know, that's why Ginny doesn't want to ever tell her mom anything. She's always afraid that she's going to, you know, seek revenge or do something scary. I mean, yeah, pretty funny. It is. And then in, I know we're going to get to the finale, but I just want to say, when Ginny tells Georgia to stop running. I just thought that that was another pivotal moment for both of them. I just loved seeing those moments between them because I think that is when they both grow and we see more of their relationship. Absolutely. I, I, The first three that you named really are probably my top ones as well. Just um, that, you know, Georgia had the panic attack before she went into the car and she went to the car because she was just like, she couldn't breathe and she needed to have space, you know, and, and, um, she's in there. And I feel like when Ginny comes out and kind of sees her mom sitting in the car, 
I felt like that was just a really tender moment because it kind of humanized Georgia. Georgia, as they say mm-hmm. in the in the show, she's a force. She's just larger than life. And I think that Ginny forgets that she also can get hurt and be vulnerable. And I think when she saw her sitting in the car like that, she felt more like, okay, mom's hurting and maybe we can go and figure this out, you know, and they did, they had a really kind of honest conversation. And, um, you know, there was like this relief for both of them, I think afterwards. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think there was a relief for Georgia, but you're right. That's where Ginny really started to feel like, wow, maybe, you know, this is because of me. I mean, she did it for me. And I think that did put a burden on her. So Ginny, Ginny felt maybe happy that mom trusted her and told her those things, but maybe felt heavier after. And I think Georgia actually felt lighter. It was like, okay, now we're good. You know, everything and we're good. But, and then uh, the journal where Georgia finds Ginny's journal and she just, she doesn't know what to do with herself. She's so distraught. She has spent her whole life wanting to make sure that her daughter felt safe and happy and protected. And the fact that she felt she couldn't protect her. And when she said, how did I miss this? Like, it was heart wrenching yeah. because she yes, feels like she, you know, it's her job to see everything and make sure that she catches everything and fixes everything. How did I miss this? And then she says to her, um, give me all your pain. I can handle it. You know, it was like, she's just used to saying, just put it all on me, put it all on me. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so hard for her when she, when Ginny, you know, gives her attitude or whatever, she's like, I've taken all the pain. I've taken all the pressure, you know, uh, it was a really powerful scene. And just how hard it is as parents to see our children in pain. Just put it on me, give it to me, you know. But then on the light side, you're talking about the therapy session. And um, I did think that that going into that therapy session was a really pivotal time. (laughs) The light side? It was so funny because she sits down and, I mean, Georgia is just, the things that come out of her mouth, you know. And she sits down and she's like, this is just like the Sopranos. Oh my God. She made me laugh so hard. But, uh, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, things can get really heavy and then there'll just be this light moment that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of takes you out a little bit and allows you to be able to tolerate some of the pain that's going on there. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about the love interests. Oh boy. About <laughs> Ginny's or Georgia's. Yeah. All the triangles. Yeah. Well, Ginny, yeah, you know, bad boy Marcus. I mean, right at that age, you, it's always the, that, that kind of guy. I mean, he's not really a bad boy, but he sort of is, right? I mean, he's got that look and the motorcycle and the hair in his face and (laughs) all of that going on. And she's drawn to him right away, but I don't think she feels like it's a possibility, you know, like she's just, she's attracted to him. She feels the chemistry. So it's interesting how that, Kind of, and then he just he just starts climbing in her window. <laughs> I, know. I know, I <laughs> know. Like, Hello, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just there. I am. Uh, I think it's really for her. So kind of confusing. Like, what is this exactly? And I like him. Is this just a flirtation? Is he just this creepy guy next door? What should I be doing with all this? And so I think when Hunter comes along and he's such a good guy and really interested in her. And, you know, I think she really liked him. I think she really felt good about that relationship. It probably made her feel really normal, right? She's always saying like, I just want to have friends and go to school. Like, I just want something normal. And that probably felt and I know that Georgia loved it, right? He ticked all the boxes for Georgia. But ultimately, 
you know, she cared a lot about Hunter, but her passion was for Marcus, both, I think, both in chemistry, but I think she, you know, kind of said what he makes me feel safe. And she just felt like, I think because he was seemed more troubled, maybe, maybe she felt like he could understand what she was going through more than maybe Hunter might, you know, and then gosh, George's relationships. (laughs) It was interesting because at first I was wondering if maybe her interest in Paul was just strategic and maybe it started that way. I loved that she just really fell in love with him, you know, that it was genuine because it feels like so many things in her life were just to get something. And, um, you know, I'm sure she married Kenny for the money. Right. And, and so, uh, it was nice to see her having that in her life. And I loved it when, when Ginny would say, you know, I've never, I've never seen mom this happy. You know, that was kind of her way of saying, this is real. I've not seen this before. Then she's got Zion. So those, I guess, are her two like real love in her life. The love's in her life. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they would have been, uh, I mean, they maybe as a more mature couple, they could have done better. And Ginny was so disappointed when they didn't make it happen. But I think at that point, Zion could see how, how much love she felt for Paul and that that was a life that she really wanted. So I guess, uh, you know, he felt it was time to step away, which was really painful for Ginny. It was so hard. She thought right. their family was coming together. And, yeah. But, you know, I also think about Joe. I really, uh, yeah. li- I really like Joe. He's such a good guy. And I love that they had that moment on the bench within the glasses. I just feel like the attention to detail and I mean, as I started to, to started to think about this, you know, preparing for our conversation today and, yeah. and thinking about just all the details that are there, it made sense to me why I enjoyed this so much because it's just all these things that tie together and just like they kind of, you know, just missed this here, just missed that opportunity, you know, like their paths crossed yeah. at this time, but maybe if they'd have crossed before she met Paul, maybe something would have happened, right? Just, yeah. So you kind of feel for him. <laughs> I, oh man, well, I'll talk about Ginny first. It's interesting because, yeah, he's the bad boy, Marcus. He's such a, (laughs) I get it. I was like, oh yeah. I think when I was first watching, I'm like, oh, I have to watch this. Are these two going to get together? I love it. So, and I, but I really actually like Hunter too. So it was hard. I thought, oh, she's going to have to break up with one of these guys. And the thing is, neither one's a bad guy. So usually it's easier if one ends up being a really big jerk, but that's not the case. So you're like, what? So that's, and that's been interesting this season because Hunter has stepped back and he wrote that song, but, you know, he still has feelings for her. So I feel as though Hunter for Ginny is kind of like maybe how Joe is for Georgia. They're both really good guys, but they, they're they not the person for them. And then with Georgia, I love Zion. He's such a cool guy, but that's not going to work. And like we said, Joe's a really cool guy too, but that's not, I just think she's too much for him. And with Paul, he could have been a jerk easily. They could have made his character a jerk but he's not. He's a good guy too. And I really like him. And I love the dynamic that Zion has with Paul also. And like when Gil comes in and he's like, we don't like this guy, do we? And, and I Zion's love that. all, no, we don't. 
And they're just standing there with their arms crossed, right, looking at him. So even though Paul and Zion get along, they both have this little bit of, you know, well, she was, she was, you know, she's a mother of my children. Well, like she's with me now. So there's still that little bit of, I don't know what you want to call it between them. But if there's someone else that's a bad person that could harm Georgia or the kids, they're both going to stick together and help, you know, help her or the kids out. So I, I just, I like their relationship. So I know we are talking about Ginny and Georgia's relationship, but it also ties in all the other relationships because I think we see Hunter and Marcus talk also. Yeah. Through, yeah. You know, at, at the party. So yeah. we do see the dynamics of even the exes or the love interest talk with each other. There's one more moment I want to bring up between that I thought was really well done. It was so cute and I really enjoyed it was between when Georgia was on the phone with Zion and Paul was next to her and each one kept asking what the other one was saying. I don't know if you remember that part, but it was so funny. What did he say? What did he, it's like, what did Zion say? What did Paul say? And then she would answer one and then the other one would say, they were mirroring each other basically is what it was, but it was just so funny. And she ends up where they need to go out and have a drink together. That's what she ends up doing. She ends up giving the phone to Paul and says, you guys need to get together and go have a drink. And then she gives Paul the phone and then Paul. That's her solution. With Zion. Yeah. I mean, they ended up having a nice relationship, I think, Paul and Zion. And and like you said, there is sort of, of course, there's going to be a little competition, but Man, Paul's got to have a really good self-esteem. Like he knew, he was not surprised that she slept with Zion, you know? Yeah. And and I was, he was like, I knew you were going to need to do, you know, like, it was just interesting. But you know, what he said was, I don't remember the word he used. Um, but Paul basically said to Georgia, like, we're the same kind of person, you know? And so it was like, I get you, you get me. And he, he knows she's not going to be an easy one. But he feels like they are sort of both like the alpha, you know, like, I don't know what the right word is, but there was some word that he used. They like power. They like, you know, yeah. he, he, he felt that they were sort of cut from a similar cloth that way. And that, and so that's why he can kind of handle a lot of her stuff. But yeah, I think that, I think that Paul and Zion got to a place where Zion was happy that there was someone good in her life and in the kids' lives. Yeah. Paul respected yeah. Zion as a dad and was happy that they had that figure right. there. I'm sure he'll always keep an eye on him <laughs> if we have more seasons, which like you said, I hope we do. But uh, yeah, I think that it is, is very interesting. It's well done. One other thing I wanted to uh, bring up was Georgia finding Marcus in the closet and bringing him out after sending uh, Ginny to go off and get something at the pharmacy for her. And she ends up smoking with him which Ginny was not happy about. And I totally get it. It's like, oh, my hot mom was smoking with you. I don't know about this. And so that was just kind of interesting. And I know, of course, Georgia wants to find out his true intentions. It's just interesting. I just, you're right about all these details and how everybody interacts with each other. And they're just, I don't know, there's just something kind of special about everybody's relationship. Was that the moment when 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 she found him in the closet, was that when she told him, look, we're both damaged and, you know, yes, you guys might have some fun, but don't, you know, you're not, don't bring her down kind of a let thing. Let her go. Don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why he broke up with her later because her of that. 
because of that. Yeah. So, and I think that is when Georgia realizes that he is a good person because he does do that and she sees him do that. And I think she says something to them you know, effect of that. So I really do like Marcus. I think he's just, I know he has issues. I just think he's a really a good guy. He's always been supportive. I just appreciate him. Okay, which this leads us into, we're already talking about the other relationships, but what else do you think about any of the other relationships in the series? So many, and they all kind of cross over into each other. It's a lot of weaving going on, right? I mean, I just yeah. think they do it sort mm-hmm. of effortlessly. And when I stop to kind of pull it apart, I go, oh, my gosh, and this one and that one. And, you know, and then they have sort of the um, that, I don't know, the garage, not the garage, the basement area where the, the band plays. And that's where everyone kind of, you know, comes yeah. together and you get to see some of the dynamic happening there. And um, gosh, some of the other ones. Well, you've got Nora and Jordan, which are kind of like your classic high school boyfriend, girlfriend, right? And, you know, they've been together for a couple of years and. They have their little fights, but they're good. So they're sort of more that. Um, you've got Max who falls head over heels for a senior girl and, you know, uh, gets her heart broken and is, of course, very dramatic about it because that's what she does. Um, but I like Silver. I think Silver is really cool. Yeah. And uh, I like that at the end, um, you know, Max did meet Sophie for coffee and stuff, but she was like, you know, if you're not really interested in a relationship, I don't want to be friends with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in someone else. And so there was a lot that kind of got us set up a little bit, right? For what might be coming. What was, uh, I forget the name of the guy that Abby ended up hooking up with, the, the real bad boy. Such a I jerk. I don't know his name. <laughs> He's such a jerk. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't be any more of a, of like, you know, condescending, mean, tapping into all of her insecurities. Boy, Abby's a, She's an interesting one, you know? She's so complex and oh, when she tapes her legs, it breaks my heart. I I'm like, know. girl, you're so tiny and beautiful. I mean, even if she like that doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, she's just a beautiful girl, yeah. you know? And that's what I'm seeing. Like they speak to so many different topics. And maybe somebody might criticize they the do. show and say, you know what, maybe they try to tackle too much, but I don't feel like any of it is like you don't feel like it's just heaped on just to heap it on, you know, it's sort of just woven in and, you know, they don't necessarily make a huge deal about every one of the things. They just say, this is kind of part of the things that are happening to our teenagers. It's the issues that they're dealing with quietly on their own a lot of times. And, um, and I don't feel like they, they kind of really like put it in your face so much that you're just, you know, I don't mean uncomfortable, but where they go over the top and it's in it, you can't, they present it and they allow you to experience it with them. That's how it feels to me anyway. That's my experience with it. I don't know if you feel the same way, but some of it I didn't even think about until I started again, you think about it and you're like, wow, all these different areas that they're touching on. No, I do agree They it is woven in. Sometimes I will question it like, wait, what's happening? Because I wanted to know a little bit more. Like when she was taping her legs, I thought that they were going to maybe bring just a little bit more in. And they, well, they did show her in the bathroom. And in the movie theater. And that With that guy, remember yeah, when he when, touched her leg or the, the show, not the movie theater, the show. And he touched her leg and he said, is this tape on your leg? So they brought it up a few times. Yeah. But yeah. You know. Yeah. So in, but in the bathroom, when that other girl came out, she noticed that she was probably vomiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then she went in, turned on the water, went to do the same thing. We don't see it, but we can only 
imagine that's what she was going to do. Mm -hmm. So you know that there are some issues going on with Abby also. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it was, it was there's so much lightheartedness in this series, but there's a lot of really um, tough topics too that they yeah, tackle, yeah. you know, and it's not always easy to do it well. I'm sure, I'm sure for some people there would be opinions about how it's been handled, but um, right. I, I, I feel like they're trying. I feel like they're trying to sort of address it um, in a way where people can be more aware of it if they haven't been aware of some of these things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're talking about characters and relationships and, I, like I said, I do like Joe. <laughs> I like him. I care about him. I want something really good to happen for him. You know, yeah. um, I, like you said, I really don't think that George is the right fit for him. I thought that him connecting with Cynthia was odd. I did not feel any chemistry. She's, you know, like, I don't know. Personally, I, I thought that that was a weird hookup. <laughs> what about you? I, well, I thought it was odd, but. I thought, well, if it's working for you guys for this, I guess that's good. But I think Cynthia tells him, oh, this was just something that happened. That's it. So we'll see if anything more happens. But I think they kind of both needed it at the time. So, but I do want something good to happen to Joe. He's he's such a good guy. And he's a good guy because we see him employing Ginny and Padma. Padma, thank you for saying her name, which I really like her too. So you like all these characters, even though they don't have a lot to do, they are still really important. You you know about them, you root for them. So I do appreciate them. I also appreciated Bracia mm-hmm. and Brian and their storyline and her getting this role and them ending up finally going on a date. I just thought that was really cute. I was glad that uh, Bracia was there to be Jenny's friend along with her group. I agree. Maxine, yeah, was having her issues. Also, I did want to mention the theater productions. One, Max is like so good. Her voice is amazing. I was like blown away. That song that they sang, it, it was stuck in my head. I thought this is a really good song. I really like it. I was totally going to bring that up too. I thought those productions were amazing. And yeah, her performances were very strong. I did really appreciate Max and her dad when she said, oh, why am I always the the witch or the bad role or the whatever? And he, he tells her... You know, in ASL, he tells her, which I really appreciate all that, too, all the sign language that they have. I just think that that's really great that they have this parent who is hearing impaired. And he tells her that she's funny. He's He reminds her of all the movies that they like and who who's their favorite character. And it's been the people that made them laugh. And he says, well, that's your gift. That's your talent. You know how to make people laugh. And I love that, that he reminds her of that. And she goes out and she does the best performance that she can do along with her great singing. It's a shift in perspective, right? I mean, you could either say, oh, why didn't I get the lead? And why am I the ugly witch? Or you could say, I got the most interesting, challenging, you know, rich role. Um, And yeah, so he totally gave her a different lens with which to look through. And I think that that changed everything for her. And you're right. I thought that it was she did such a great job. It was really fun. Um, So I I enjoyed those too. And I think that the last uh, person I want to bring up and and we'll move into the season finale is Austin. Austin, I mean, he's always there. He's every episode, this little kid, and he's 
affected by everything that is going on. And I just think to myself, wow, he knows way too much at an early age. Ginny is at least 16 years old at this point when she finds out all of this. And I'm not saying that's a great age and it's okay for your parents to do these crazy things, but she's lived a certain life up until now to learn these things, but he's still so young and the things that he's seeing his mother do, I just, oh my God, I'm actually really worried for him and his future. So I'm hoping that uh, he grows up well. I know. He's such a great little actor too. He's really good. He is. He is really really good. good. I mean, you really love him. (laughs) All right. So the season finale Georgia is prepping for her and her kids to run, but not before Ginny tells her to come clean to Paul, which she does, and Paul still wants to marry her. And so Ginny finally understands what Marcus is going through, and then Georgia and Paul marry, and it's almost a happy ending until Georgia's actions catch up with her. So (laughs) what did you think of this season finale. I'm like, why did she have to do that? She didn't have to do that. Doesn't that make you crazy, Diana? Yeah. Because she had all she has this crazy past that she almost could get through all of that. And that's that detective, which I guess his name is Gabriel, but Jesse, you know, whatever you want to call him. um, He got her on that. It's always like you get someone on the on the yeah. the thing you didn't think that you're going to get him on, you know, and I just yeah. I just kept thinking, why did you do that? Why, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that that episode is a roller coaster ride. It's such a roller coaster ride. And first, I want to also comment on episodes eight and nine, and how they in episode eight you have all these questions like, how did this happen? Why is Jenny mad at Marcus? Oh, yeah, and all these things, you yeah. know, and then. In the next episode, they fill in all of those blanks. And I thought they did such a yes. nice job of kind of carrying that through. I really, I really liked the way they did that, the way they wrote it and filmed it. I, I thought, um, it was really engaging. I just, I think that it's, it's just so hard because you want, you want her to live that fairy tale happily ever after. Like that's what you want. <laughs> but I guess then maybe there wouldn't be a season three. I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Gotta be that cliffhanger. <laughs> Yeah, but I think also seeing, you know, Georgia always is so tough, right? And she always looks like whatever you throw my way, I'm going to be able to handle it. But the her her kryptonite was Gil. That was the only time you really saw yeah. her look terrified, you know, and the power that he had over her. Um and she knew how dangerous he was. And I think that once she realized that he was not going to disappear, and that he was going to hang all this over her and potentially hurt her and maybe her kids or, or, or take Austin and run away. She, that was it. I got to, I got to pull the plug and go, you know? And so it was just, wow. The vulnerability that she experienced around him was really palpable, really intense. And I just thought she was, she did such a good job of being able to like sort of show that, but then also put on her, her happy face, you know, and do what Georgia does. And, uh, but it just must have been really hard for her. I think she finally not only like got a place where she was going to live a happy, you know, a, a life with the material things that she wanted, but she actually fell in love with a man that loved her, who could provide well for her, who was a good match for her. She made a good friend in Ellen, which she had never probably had a friend yeah. like that before. She loved the town. She loved being mayoress. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love how she just insisted that that was real, even though they kept telling her it wasn't a thing. But uh, <laughs> she wanted to be the mayoress. And I mean, she had everything there and her kids were happy or, you know, uh, Jenny finally had friends and just, it must have been just excruciating for her. When you see her calling and canceling the mount, which was sort of the, you know, epitome yeah. of everything that she would have wanted. And yeah. you just thought, oh, just so painful. So I, I, you know, that was just tugging at you and tugging at you, um, you know, and then seeing, you know, Maxine being able to tell Jenny about Marcus and, you know, Jenny being able to say, oh, wow, okay, let me look at this a little differently and come to him and be with him. I thought that that was really powerful. You know, so many other shows, um, what drives the show is all of the miscommunications and the awkwardnesses, right? And, and for me, I'm like a really yeah. sensitive person. And when the show, other, you know, not this show, other shows, um, you know, when they take these scenarios and they take them to the nth degree and they don't resolve them and it's very hard for me to stay with it. But what I like about this show is there are really difficult situations and they do drag them out sometimes over a number of episodes, but they usually find ways to sort of resolve them where people come together or they talk or, you know, and I think that's one of the things I really love about it is that I know I'm not going to have to deal with this discomfort for too, too long. <laughs> but uh, the only thing that yeah. hangs over you forever is the fact that Georgia has actually killed people. And I'm so happy that like <laughs> the way that Paul responded and the fact that he wanted to stay with her and their gorgeous wedding and right. all of that, you know, but knowing that, she's never going to be able to tell him that, right? Because if you tell him that, he's never going to feel safe. Like, you know, if their relationship goes south, is she just going to kill him, right? I don't know that he could ever feel safe if he knew, you know, the truth about that. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if that ever comes out, you know. And I have to say, throughout the whole, you know, all of the the shows, the the visual, the aesthetic, I think is also a big draw. Don't you think like their homes are always gorgeous, but not just that every time there's a party, it's not just a party. It's like a full on something that only really an event planner could put together. And Georgia always manages to do it in like two days. You know, <laughs> it's not realistic at all, but it is fun no. as someone watching. I think how does someone like Georgia, who basically grew up in poverty and abuse and left home at the age of 15, you know, who never had any type of modeling of fashion or, and I'm not saying she couldn't just intrinsically be someone who has that sort of style, but you know, she dresses, you know, so beautifully and has taste, expensive yeah, taste does. and all of that yeah. always looks beautiful and perfect. And so, you know, of course, none of that's realistic, but that's why we watch TV and shows. Yes. <laughs> so I do enjoy Escapism. seeing yeah, what they do at the parties. I mean, when Ginny pulled up uh, with milkshake with the horse and, uh, and George is standing there just in all of her loveliness. And of course, she has a a gorgeous coat on to cover the dress that's yes. going to be revealed later. Um, just all of that. I, I was really happy for her that it worked out. I was devastated by the end, <laughs> the way that yeah. way it ended. Yeah. Um, you know, it gave us a lot to sort of look forward to <laughs> and hopefully what's to come. So I was really relieved that Ginny finally realized what was going on with Marcus. So the fact that Maxine shared that information. I thought was really, I was so happy because I was irritated with Ginny. I'm like, this kid's in depression and you keep bringing it all about you. So 
I was really, really relieved that they wrote that in there. And she went and was his friend and said, you've made me feel safe. Now I'm going to do the same for you. And she you know, has him roll over and she hug, hugs yeah. him from behind. The so spooning. I just thought that that was just, it was really, yeah, spooning. It was just a really sweet moment. So I really appreciated that she was his friend. And everything that she said, it was just perfect. It was perfectly written. So I thought that that was great. I thought it was interesting that Joe came and had that talk with Georgia and that Georgia really didn't deny anything because he kept saying kind of, you know, prodding her, like, are you going to tell me? Did I just imagine it? And she still doesn't really answer him specifically, but she still alludes to like, there was something. And so I thought that was kind of interesting that they left that hanging. And there was that scene between um, Joe and Marcus at the wedding venue, how they both don't want to go in. And I just thought it was just a cute exchange between them two. And and Joe takes a drink and Marcus says, oh, can I have some? He's like, I'm not giving alcohol to a teenager. It just cracked me up. I just thought it was so perfect. And I was really proud of Georgia for telling the truth. Well, most of it. I really was because that was really hard to say. And when she was just spilling her guts to Paul, and he just stood there listening to her. And then he took off and the two kids are sta- sitting in the on the staircase watching I just thought that was a great scene because you don't know what's going to happen at all. You don't know what. And I thought that was good for him. He couldn't just have turned around and said, oh, well, I still love you. Let's just get married. No, he needed time. And I'm so glad that he took his time to figure out what he wanted to do. And I'm not going to really say it just in case people haven't watched it. But I just love the next day when she goes in and she thinks she's going to get arrested, maybe, because she's not sure what's going to happen. But she goes in facing her fears. Georgia is finally facing her fears, which I thought was really good. She was brave. She usually runs away. So she exactly. she was very brave. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it was because Ginny was there to cheer her on and say, Mom, you can do this. You deserve happiness. And and also, what does she have to lose? Otherwise, she's just running. And then her kids' are, lives are kind of messed up too, because her kids want to live there and have friends. They finally have friends. So... Uh, I just thought all of that was um, just really well done. I don't know. They scared off Gil for now, but we'll see what happens. He's still around. And that was interesting that Austin had to shoot him. That was the other thing that Austin has to deal with. Shooting his dad to save his mom, even though it was a good reason, still, you know, still the fact that he had to do that. And then they had to tell Paul. And seeing what his mom did. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that's probably the worst part. (laughs) That's the worst part. I don't know. Shooting someone's pretty bad too. All right. So is there any other tidbits or observations that you want to bring up about the show? So George is this really resilient and resourceful person. And I just, that really stands out to me. Like, even though she's done horrible things, I'm always impressed with how she just sort of, she stops, she regroups, she makes a plan and she goes, you know, and she's just really smart. I mean, you have to be smart to be able to think through all the things that she's thought through. She just faces these like unthinkable hardships and she keeps moving forward. She just says, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? Of course, that makes it much more difficult to be present in a relationship and listen and all those other qualities that you really need. But she's a pretty tough cookie. You know, she really is. Yeah. 
I was impressed by young Georgia even, and she's, you know, a teenager herself. And she's always finding ways to kind of like hide things from her kids. I think I mentioned this earlier, but you know, she would turn something into a dance party. And I think one of the moments that oh, yeah. really stuck with me was when she had the black eye because Gil had hurt her. And I think it was Ginny's birthday or something like that. And so she painted, um, like a oh. sun or something. She just painted her eye with face paint to make it look like she was just celebrating and doing something fun. Right. And, you know, we sing happy birthday and isn't this great. And then they show her later taking off. Well, actually I think they showed Georgia in present day taking off her makeup. And then they showed Georgia as a child taking off the makeup off of her black eye. Um, mm. And just, I just was thinking, you know, the lengths that she went to, not only to protect her children, but to try to do whatever she could to make them feel that they were having like something close to a normal childhood. You know, I just thought she was very resourceful. The last thing I had was just about sort of what you were talking about when she, uh, you know, she decides I'm going to come clean to Paul and this is it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you everything. And man, I just, my heart was racing the whole time. She was talking to him. And I just thought that here she's telling him the hardest, scariest things, but she's keeping her humor about her, right? Her sense of humor. And she's like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's more. There's more coming, you know? <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh yeah. And yeah, and this thing, oh, and that, oh, and that, you know? And you just look at his face and he's just staring at her. But she just, she did such a good job with it, you know? And like you said, I, I, I was so happy. Like, I felt so happy that she got that out there. I was disappointed that there was still more in her past. I wished that it was everything so that they could just know that, okay, now we're just a team and you know everything. So that part was a little disappointing to me. But anyway, <laughs> I, I thought that that was a really powerful scene. Yeah, no, it was. For me, I think we've really touched upon everything. I just love all the themes that they cover. I just think it's really important to bring so much of this into a television show and so that we can understand it a little bit more. Things that teens go through. So and parents, just people of all ages go through different um, things. So just the parenting and the self harm and the body image and the abuse and mental health, all of that. So I just think that they've done a really smart way of incorporating all that into the show. I was reading that Sarah Lampert, who's the creator, executive producer and writer in the show, she, I guess had just came up with this idea and pitched it and was it, it, everything just kind of um interesting came to fruition she's not basing it like on her own family she said she's more like um ellen and max are yeah that sort the of neighbors but <laughs> yeah. yeah the neighbors <laughs> but that family is such an important bond and that's what was the driving force mm -hmm. for her in this whole um, show. She wanted to show the family bond and how that sometimes it's toxic, but you can try and get through it. So I just thought that that was pretty interesting. This whole season, there were so many great moments. There's a lot of great characters. And I want to know, because we're, we're at the segment and the award goes to, I want to know what was your favorite quote, character or moment? So you'd think I'd be, it'd be something heavy, right? But I, I like to laugh and I, I laughed out loud when, when Ginny had the rager, the party and, yeah. um, you know, they're all just drinking and doing their thing. And Georgia walks in and she sits there. And I think it was Jordan that looked over her and he goes, a mother, a mother. And they start running. 
<laughs> there was something about the way it was like, it was not like police or it was a mother, a mother, you know, like it's just even scarier than the police. Oh my God. I don't know. That just cracked me up. So that's just going to have to be my favorite quote at the moment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It was a good moment. I'm so glad you brought that up. I for- had forgotten about the whole razor in itself. So that was a good moment. I like it. For me, we've already talked about the scene that really impacted me, and it was the scene when Georgia finds out about Ginny's self-harm, because as a parent, you feel that way. I felt every moment that she was going through, and like you had said, she said, let me take all the pain away. When she said that, there was tears coming down, because that is what you want to do for your child. You always want to take the pain. She'll give it all to me. So. I just thought it was a really moving performance by both of them throughout the whole series. I think these are fantastic actresses and all the actors in the show. Both of them, Brianne Howie, I think her name is Brianne Howie and Antonia Gentry, if I have it correct. <sighs> they're both so good. They are both so good. And I think in real life, they're only like eight years apart. I saw them somewhere Antonia's- like on social media and they're they're actually really, really good friends. They're really good friends. Yeah, in real life. Antonia's older. And so then she is playing. Actually, all the friends are. They're all in their uh, mid-20s or early to mid-20s, even though they're playing teenagers, which I appreciate too. (laughs) I do. So um, yeah, there are some really good moments, but um, these are our favorites. So is there anything that you're hoping to see? If there is, I'm pretty sure there has got to be a season three because... This show was like on the top 10 for so long on Netflix. And it was also, I think, like the 10th most watched episode in hours of, I don't know how they do it, but Netflix looks at their analytics and it's one of the top shows. That's what I have to say about that. That's good to hear. So <laughs> there has to be a season three. So is there anything you you think could happen or you're hoping to see? Well, um, obviously, we have some big cliffhangers. So I want to see what happens there. Um, I actually really like the relationship you brought it up. Um, Maxine and Marcus's dad, I'd love to see his character developed more fully. Um, they kind of have him in the background a lot, you know, and um, I'd be curious, I'd like to see more of their family dynamic a little bit. Uh, I was thinking about Simone, Zion's girlfriend, and the whole conversation oh, yeah. that Ginny had with her about her being a defense attorney. And I'm like, I wonder if she might be defending, uh, if <gasps> Zion might want her to defend Whoa! Georgia, right? No! That could be interesting. <laughs> You're blowing my mind, Tommy. But I also, my like, mind. I love it. also at the end, I was like, I wonder what's going to happen to the kids right now. Are they going to stay with Zion? So I'm really curious, like, what happens oh, yeah. next? What is going to happen next? So there's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. I'm ready for them. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. So I just wonder how she's going to get out of it. That's all. And she will. I really think she will. I I just don't know how yet. (laughs) And I was thinking that Cynthia could be the key somehow. Mm. I don't know how. Because, you know, they were like not very good friends, but then they started forming somewhat of a relationship. That was the whole reason Georgia did what she did. So I don't know. My husband actually, when we were watching it, he said, I wonder if Cynthia framed her. Like if she put her in that position thinking she might do, I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah, but then that's that would be a big thing. Husband. I know. I do. Yeah. I know. It's true. It's true. I. But she was, I don't know. But yeah. but I wondered if Paul's lawyers would. But I I like your idea. I hope your idea works. I or comes to be because that is so good. I bet you it will. That'd be interesting. I'm hanging on to it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, oh my gosh, Tommy, thank you so much for the conversation on Ginny and Georgia. I so much fun. All your insight. You're great. It's great. But I also want to know if you have any other TV or movie recommendations. Well, I did really enjoy Emily in Paris. Again, light. <laughs> when there is drama, it's resolved pretty quickly. And I always like that. And lots of fun, fun fashion. And of course, they're in Paris. So what's not to like about that? Um, just loved the characters, really enjoyed it. So I would recommend that if you want something that's kind of light and fun to watch. Um I do like Ted Lasso. <laughs> I do love that show. I like some of the messages in there and the relationships and really just that ever push for like, let's try and, and come together and see things in a pot. Not that you have to be positive about everything all the time, but, you know, trying to, to really bring people up. Um, so those are two of my favorites. I started watching Emily and Paris late, like not too long ago. It was so, it was addicting. I watched all the, was there three seasons? I can't even remember right now, but I watched them all. If there's two seasons, three seasons, back to back, I just watched them because it was fun. It was, I wanted to know what was going to happen. So I just thought it was cool. It's a great, it's a great show. So I was glad I watched it. So for me, I am watching Daisy Jones and the Six, which is on Prime Video. It's about this iconic 70s band that rise and fall. It's set like a documentary style in a way. So they're showing current, their current time is the 70s band building up, but then they, I guess, flash forward and it's 20 years later and they have where they're talking one-on-one -on -one with the bandmates about what was happening at the time. So it's set like that. And it's all loosely based on Fleetwood Mac. Cool. So... I watched the first three episodes that were released. It was um, on a Friday. And the first two episodes were just a little bit slow setting it up. But as soon as it got to the third episode, that was when it hooked me. And then they had released another three, but I was only able to watch the fourth episode. I have two more I can watch and I'm rushing to watch them after tonight, just so you know it, because that fourth episode, oh my gosh, has me totally hooked. Now, I further want to say, because this is based on Fleetwood Mac, I went and looked up some info on it. And the song, so this is based on a book. So Taylor Jenkins Reid wrote this book. And then, is it Hello Sunshine? That's Reese Witherspoon's production company. I'm not sure. Reese Witherspoon is producing this. So that's all that connection. So Taylor Jenkins Reid was inspired by Fleetwood Mac's one of the songs, which is Silver Springs. And I went and listened to the song today. So Stevie Nicks is singing the song and she's looking at Lindsay Buckingham. And you might just take it as a look, but after reading what I read in this um, article and then watching the show, I am so intrigued. You just, if you like music, 
go listen to that, Google that, and watch the show because it's so good. Yes, it has to do with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Riley Keough, who is Elvis's granddaughter, plays Daisy Jones. She's never done a singing, uh, never sung out professionally in her life, but she does sing in the show. She's just pretty good. And so I, I'm i just loving it. I'm totally hooked. So that's what I have to say about that show. Yeah. I also, yeah. Interesting. I have to check it out. <laughs> so I watched the Oscars, thrilled with that. I put out a blog post, check that out. I'm watching all my reality shows, The Voice, American Idol, Survivor, Top Chef. Love them all. Love, love, love. The Last of Us on HBO Max just had its season finale. It was so good. Now it leaves me wanting more. As far as movies, I saw The Woman King on Netflix, and this is with Viola Davis. She plays a general, Naniska, who trains the next generation of female warriors to fight their enemy and protect the African kingdom of Dahomey. This is in the 1800s. Oh my gosh, these women are fierce, they're skilled, they're incredible. It's a moving story based on historical events. So I would say check that out on Netflix. All right. Thank you, Tommy, for joining me today and for your recommendations. Thank you, Diana. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed it and so appreciate you inviting me. It was great. I'm so glad you did. You had like the best things to say, the best insights, and you have the best prediction. I'm so excited. You're so excited to see if Simone might be be the lawyer for her. I know. (laughs) Yes, I love it. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope something that we said today resonated with you gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration, please subscribe to our website, screensandfocus.com and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode in a couple of weeks. Next show will be on Titanic. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.